Welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion theater and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Meg Healy. I'm Kate Zeinard. And I'm Amanda Carestio. Today we're doing a special bonus episode for anyone out there who's looking to learn a new skill while being stuck at home. We'll go through some of the basics to get started, then we'll talk about some good patterns. It's going to be a good time. Um, And we are checking in from our mobile podcast recording studios. We are all at home today. How are you guys doing? (laughs) I'm doing pretty well. Our, uh, well, Meg always works from home, but our company has um, asked us to work from home to keep ourselves safe and healthy, which we very much appreciate. Mm-hmm. So um, we have gotten ourselves set up nice and efficiently, and we are here in our various spaces. I think actually we all might be in our sewing spaces because I can see Amanda's sewing machine behind her. Oh, yeah. And I'm on my sewing machine table, actually. <laughs> my sewing I'm- machine is under me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm nestled between my serger and my sewing machine, which is my happy place. Oh, well, yeah, that's a great place to be recording. Yeah. yeah. Kate has seemed to make some sort of um, fort uh, around. Yes. <laughs> yes, this is my blanket fort. Um, <laughs> we were talking about the need to not have a whole lot of yeah. hard flat surfaces yeah. for sound to reflect off of. So I made myself a um, a place that I hung the blanket off the ceiling. So it surrounds me in this little cozy uh, cozy nook and I can take it down when I'm not recording. and. It's nice. Oh, man, I'm making a fort next time. Yeah, blanket forts for the win, you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to like, fur- I have like screens that I put down, but I'm going to, I think I might further do that too. I want to, you know, just build a fort. I mean, oh, that's what I used to do, like coming back to just staying at home when I was little. Like my brother and I, we would always just make forts. And yeah, I think I'd like to do that. I'm going to try that. Yeah, everybody should make blanket forts. Not mm-hmm. Not just us, everybody should. And you know, you can just use yardage from your oh fabric my gosh. stash. Yes. We're, yes. We are set up for this, you guys. Yes, we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, well. I've got six billion blankets, but yeah, yeah. Are you ready to jump into our episode? Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, getting started with sewing can seem intimidating, but it's really just a series of doable small steps. We're going to talk through some of the things you can do at home that will get you going. And please keep in mind that this isn't going to be an intensive beginner sewist course. Um, This is just some hints and advice from people who've been sewing for a while. Um, Also, we are going into this assuming that you have or have access to a sewing machine because it's a whole other deal talking about starting hand sewing. So um, if you have access to a sewing machine, let's get started talking about some stuff we can do. Mm-hmm. Just before we have, we jump into just in the past week, um, I've had two people reach out to me. One, um, he was saying, "I just I think now's the time. Um, I I want to buy a sewing machine. Link me to a good one. This is I want to start sewing now." And another one, we were having a Skype meter. Uh, our financial advisor, she's like, "I have a sewing machine in the closet. I'm going to bring it out now." And it's just so <laughs> many people are just telling me that now's their time to either yeah a start from scratch or b you know what dust dust it off the sewing machine. And exactly. yeah, my friend, my friend too, um, who lives. Um, um, in London, where I'm from, she just dusted off her sewing machine too. So yeah, it's a great, great time to do this. It's yeah. a good time for hobbies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel yeah. like I'm so grateful for the community that we have around this podcast on Instagram. Um, I'm so grateful for this hobby. I we actually yeah. I just um, published a piece on SoDaily.com 
talking through kind of the crafting with meaning, Mm -hmm. how sewing can help you during these stressful times. Um, And just writing that piece really kind of brought it home to me, um, how important this hobby is to me. And I'm so glad that people are kind of turning to it. Mm -hmm. It's really exciting. Well, and I just, I think a lot of people have those kind of sewing machines in their closets collecting dust or they've inherited them from somebody and they're like, well, I've been meaning to do something with this forever. And all of a sudden they have time. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, this whole situation is not a gift, but it has definitely given us the gift of having some different situations. And in some cases that's more time. I know that if nothing else, I have a much, um, Oh, shorter commute, walking down a half flight of stairs in my split level. Oh, at least you're um, not stairs, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? You walk, you walk. your loft. So for me, it's I get an extra hour of sleep, which is yeah. a gift. Yeah. And then I, when I knock off, I have that whole hour that I'd usually be driving oh, home that I don't right? have to drive. And so, you know, we're getting some, even if you are working, you are starting to get some, some um, little things like that. So um, look on the bright side, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Not mm-hmm. not necessarily this is awesome that this happened, right. but right. Um, it it has it has opened some things for us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. all right. So yeah, the more the merrier. The more the merrier. Let's see if we can help some new sewists get started. So um, if you go to a sewing store, a fabric store, you'll see aisles and aisles of notions and various tools and supplies and everything. Um, And you don't need everything in there. A lot of it's really specialized and not really necessary. So um, I've come up with a list of what I think are kind of the basic supplies you need to get started. Um, You may not be able to get a hold of all of these if you can't leave your house, Um, but um, they're not all strictly necessary as long as you can kind of fake most of them. And what um, you need, you still you can find online. I'm yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can sure. definitely find it online. <laughs> um, actually, most of this stuff you can get if you can still get to the grocery store. You can usually exactly. find a sewing kit actually, with this stuff in it. I wouldn't even um, thought of that. That's a yeah. That's a good tip. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> there's a there's an end cap in my in my grocery store that's got a little set of sewing kits and stuff. And so, yeah, I know. I always check it out. I'm like, ooh, what's this stuff? I know, you know, and then you're like, you know, I can't help myself. <laughs> I know. Measuring tapes. <laughs> um, all right. So, oh. and you guys chime in, tell me if I'm missing anything important, but I really try to keep it down to the real basics. So needles, obviously, you'll probably want some both for hand sewing, because you usually do end up finishing some stuff off um, by hand um, here and there. Um, then obviously you'll want sewing machine needles. Your sewing machine usually comes with some. Mm-hmm. Um, so look there first. Um, and yeah, definitely not, look in that every little compartment that yes. <laughs> open up every little compartment. In the, and a lot of new ones have like little, little bags yeah. in them that have a lot of these tools. Um, they like to get you the stuff that you need right to start off with. Um, then you're going to want a pair of scissors. Um, so fabric scissors are a thing if you're not aware of it. Uh, fabric scissors are scissors that are only used to cut fabric because cutting paper can dull the scissors and make it hard to cut fabric with them. So I mean, um, good luck with that if you have kids at home right now. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely good luck with that. And they don't have to be necessarily expensive sewing shears. Totally they can not. be 
they can just be normal scissors as long as you keep them away from your small children and make sure that they're only ever used for fabric, they should work okay. And it's also a good idea if you can to get a little pair of scissors for cutting thread, um, but it's not strictly necessary. You can use the bigger scissors for that if you need to. Um, if you have access to a rotary cutter, we are big fans of using rotary cutters to cut um, fabric out. Um, but that is something that a lot of beginners probably won't have. And scissors is probably a, a good starting point, in my opinion. Um, they're a little bit, I'm not going to say more versatile than rotary cutters, but you don't need to also buy the big mats. And yeah. The rest so that's of the just system. against space, too. Sometimes, mm -hmm. if, yeah. yeah, space is an issue. All right. Is everything still making sense to you guys? I feel like I'm monologuing. No, this oh, is good. Yeah. All right. Let me know. I, I I I need a refresh on all my tools. What do they What do they do? Okay. What do I need? <laughs> Next thing on my list is pins. Um, some Ooh. people don't use very many pins. <laughs> Beginners often use a lot of pins because that's yes. what helps keep your fabric where you want it to go while you're um, doing your various work. It's also a good idea to have something to hold your pins with. Um, that can be a little bowl. They have magnets for it. Meg is showing me mm -hmm. a magnetic pincushion right now. Or you can have a regular old tomato pincushion, total classic. Um, it's just something to stick them in, something to lay them in. Um, when I was in the theater, we just had boxes, little bo the same boxes that the pins mm. came in. We just kept them in those boxes and pulled them out. And you pricked your fingers a lot, but it was fine because you did that anyway. Um, so you just want to make sure that you can contain them in one spot, especially if you have children or pets, because um, they will step on them. There will yep. be screaming. Um, my cat, uh, Romulus, he likes to pull pins out of my pin cushion. So I have to keep my pin oh. cushion upside down um, if I'm not using it because he will pull them out and try to eat them. Um, this is not good. <laughs> so I have um, I have a little extra tomato that doesn't have any pins in it, actually. And if I had a dollar for every time I found this in, like, my kid's kitchen set, oh, you know, in the gosh. saucepan, <laughs> it's really, it's just so cute and irresistible, apparently. Yes. Well, the tomatoes are very charming. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And tip about the tomato. I don't know if I've shared this tip before. I probably have. But the little, the tiny, is it a tiny tomato? Yes. It's a strawberry. It's a strawberry. Oh, it is a strawberry. Well, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a sharpener. You poke mm -hmm. it. Yes. If your pins or needles start to get yeah. dull, you can stick them in your yeah. strawberry. Just stick them in, you know, kind of put them in and take them out and do that several times. Don't leave them in there because then your pins will rust. Mm -hmm. um, but they will, they're full of um, little shavings of metal and they'll sharpen your pin for you. Love Don't it. stick knives in there. They won't work on your kitchen knives. And, no, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> just, just desperate times. Desperate times. <laughs> All right. Oh. Then, of course, you'll want some thread. Um, the quality that you get will be kind of iffy if you go to what's in the grocery store. You're probably not getting the best thread, um, but it's good enough to start with for sure. Um mm -hmm. A lot of the ones that you'll see say that they're all purpose or the standard uh, dual duty is what, uh, oh no, I've lost it. Coates and Clark. There we go. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh. <laughs> Coates and Clark is like the thread maker, the original thread maker. Um, if you find some old thread around your grandmother's house, it's as likely to be Coates and Clark as anything else. So um, look for an all purpose thread. Those are great. Um, you'll want a measuring tape. Um, and a ruler 
I like to have both. You can probably get away with just having one. Um, if you do have a ruler, it's better if it's clear. Um, I mean, ideally, it would be a sewing ruler that has mm-hmm. um, a mark for sixteenths and eighths, eighths, sixteenths. Yes. Um, but if all you can get is a standard um, kids ruler that you go to school with, then that should work fine for you. Um, that's basically what's on a measuring tape anyway. So. Um, the measuring tape can have some benefits because you can put it around your body to take mm-hmm. your own measurements, and it's a lot harder to do that with a stiff ruler. Um, but you can kind of you can kind of go either way. Um, you'll want some sort of marking tool. Now, this is a little bit. This is maybe the trickiest one um, yeah. because most we, you want something that'll disappear off your fabric, mm-hmm. and most things that you can just normally get won't necessarily do that. Um, There's Taylor's chalk, which is specific chalk for marking fabric. And that's great. But again, that's a very specific sewing tool. That's not something, I mean, you can't take, just take a piece of your kid's sidewalk chalk and you, well, maybe if it had a sharp enough edge. I think you might be able to, you could try. Uh, Yeah, you could try. Yeah. One of my teachers in um, fashion school always said, if you get a piece of soap, especially on dark fabrics, yes. if it's really slivered down, like that that last little bit, you know, you're kind of, if it's really thin, you can use that to mark. Um, yes. And that's not so different from using um, the waxy tailor's yes, chalk. Very for sure. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, so yes, some light colored soap um, or dark colored soap, I yeah, suppose, on if you like have a light some fabric. in light fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, the the sewing stores and possibly your sewing place in your grocery store or something will have um, markers that either wash away with water um, or uh, dissolve into the air. So you can grab one of those if those are available. Um, There are some wonderful pens called friction pens that I think Pilot makes Mm -hmm. and they disappear with heat. So they're they're erasable pens. They you you just rub on them to erase them and and the heat makes the ink disappear. But it's even better when you're sewing because when you iron it, it's gone. Um, the one thing to know about that is if you then wear that out in very cold weather, the lines might come back. So you know you shouldn't do like large amounts of scribbling in the main part of the garment or something. <laughs> or maybe if it's you want go out to in the cold. <gasps> What if it's like a party trick? You're wearing this top and then you, you step out in the cold and it just like, sh- you know, like the, the changing, um, a changing garment. You know, Meg, I've actually heard that the other problem with friction pens is that they glow under black light. <gasps> so you could totally I don't find that do. a problem. Yeah, you I can do that. that totally do some fun stuff with that. When you can go to raves again, because right now oh, you shouldn't go to raves. <laughs> no. When you can go to Cosmic Bowling again, oh, please. Cosmic bowling. Yeah. Yes. I went to um, for Julian's birthday at the beginning of February. Oh, so much fun. Oh, yeah. I am so doing that. Uh, I always thought they were called friction pens. I, that's what I always call them. Oh, uh, what if you could call them friction as well, but they I'm have, pretty like, the sure big, it's friction. The big, they, the big, they have the big X in the middle of the words. Yep. So I'm always like, friction. <laughs> getting a little stir crazy here. <laughs> Talking to Same my pen. here. So worst case scenario, if you need to mark something, you can use like a pencil. It's just not going to go away. So make sure that you mark only on the very edges and with and you know, use the seam allowance. Yeah, uh, we stay within the seam allowances and just uh, try not to put it in the middle of the garment anywhere because yeah, it'll show through. Um, you probably want a seam ripper because if you're a beginner, 
You're probably going to be ripping out some seams. I know that I, as a not beginner, rip out seams plenty. Um, I think you do too, do as well. So, All the time. Yeah. So it's not just me. something not you got to shrug and accept that it's inevitable. Um, worse, if, if you can't get an actual seam ripper, you can always use a pair of small, sharp, pointed scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, That's true. And there have been a lot of times in my life when I've just done that instead of using a seam ripper because it's easier for me. Yeah, same. I never use a seam ripper. I always use my small scissors. So, yeah. yeah well, there you go. Um, but, um, but yeah, if you if you have a pair of small, sharp-pointed scissors, then you don't really need the seam ripper. Just make sure you have something that you can use to take some stitches out because uh, you probably will need to at some point. And then yeah. I only have one other thing on my list, and that is an iron, which I think most people have some version of an iron. Um, and that is for... If your fabric gets wrinkly, you want to have it nice and crisp when you're sewing it. And then also you want to press open your seams or press them to the side um, just to make them lay nice and flat. Um, Things definitely look better when you press the seams. And so you need an iron for that. Uh All right, guys, what did I miss? What else do you need? I think you got it, except maybe yeah. some when if you're doing, especially if you're starting and working from home, digital patterns, make sure you get some tape. Oh, yes. And you probably tape. Tape. That's a good exactly. one. Yeah. So that yeah. was just. Tape and, and paper scissors. You'll want a pair of paper scissors that mm-hmm. it, and don't use the same ones you're cutting fabric with to cut out your pattern when you do it. Right. All right. So cool. So once you've got all your tools collected, what do you do next? Shall I tell you? Don't panic. Don't panic. Everything will be fine. Yeah. I guess I wanted to kind of start with that is, you know, when I talk to people about sewing, and I've mentioned this before, people have this, you know, misconception that it's really, you know, it has to be perfect. It's mm-hmm. There's no wiggle room. And I think that's really, that becomes a barrier to learning um, because people get in there, you get intimidated because it's not perfect. And I'd say just embrace the process. Don't yeah. um and don't be too hard on yourself while you're learning something new. It's yeah. it's hard to learn something new. Yeah, and you know what? I can pretty much guarantee you that at some point you'll make something that you're disappointed with. Not even necessarily oh, yeah. because you know you did it wrong, but you might do it perfectly and then put it on and be like this does not flatter me. I wrong should not fabric. have made this. Oh, wrong yeah, fabric. Wrong, yeah. Wrong pattern. Yeah, it'll happen and it's okay. It's part of the learning process and it's happened to all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have reasonable expectations for yes, yourself. Definitely. And remember, mm-hmm. um, this was actually, this is interesting. My uncle, I don't know quite why he was, oh, he was visiting my mom and he was looking at um, an issue of So News because I was working on it. Um, it was one I had worked on. And he was flipping through and he was reading the instructions and he's like, you know, this, this seems really doable. I think I could do this. And I'm like, yes, oh. yes, Uncle Phil, you could do this because <laughs> it's not that complicated. It's Come just on, a series of simple steps, really. So on the off chance, Uncle Phil's listening to this or Aunt Lainey. Uh, hi. <laughs> All right. So there you are. You've got your sewing machine and you're not quite sure what to do. So I'm going to recommend that you pull out your manual, assuming you have a manual. 
Now, if you, Meg is shaking her head. <laughs> we know how I feel about manuals. I do know how you feel about manuals, but Meg, you know how to use sewing machines. Oh my gosh, I know. I know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joke. I'm just. I know. I'm not going to tell you to read your manual cover to cover. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody needs to do that under any circumstances. You need to look up about four things in your yeah. manual. Um, how to thread the machine. Um, some machines, actually newer machines, they have the um, path like on printed on the machine and you can just kind of follow it and you don't even need to look in the manual for that um if you want to and your machine doesn't have that once you figure out how to thread it you can draw it on your machine yourself so you don't have to go back and look it up again um but yeah just look up how to thread to the machine because if it's not threaded right it's not going to sew right and that can be one of the most frustrating things in the world so look up how to thread your machine look up how to wind your bobbin because again, mm. if the mm. bobbin is not wound correctly, the tension will be all over the place and it's not going to sew right. So the bobbin, uh, if you don't know, is a little um, little tiny spool of thread. You wind the thread from the top onto the bobbin. The bobbin goes under the needle and the two threads, the one from the bobbin and the one from the top, interlock together to make your stitch. So each stitch is actually two threads. Um, so you want to figure out how to wind that and you want to figure out how to install it. Um, those are pretty basic things. Usually, um, once you get it, once you get it once or twice, you're not going to really think about it anymore, but it needs to be incorrectly or else it's just, things are not going to go right. Um, you need to know how to put your presser foot up and down. This is not difficult. There's usually a lever on the back of your machine. Um, if it's an older machine, if it's a newer machine, there may be a button. It has a little picture of a presser foot on it. It's not... You might not even need to look at your manual. You might just be able to figure it out. Um, but you want to always sew with your press of foot down. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to make sure you know how to do that. And then and that's you like wanna... the little metal foot, like the foot exactly. thing that goes up yeah, and down. Yeah, it's the foot thing that holds the... <laughs> it's like you're stomping the, the foot, foot yes. up and down. <laughs> it's, 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 it's the thing that, that holds the fabric to the base of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you want to know how to backstitch or lock stitch. A seam that is sewn with a sewing machine will start to come apart on the ends if you don't back or lock stitch it. A backstitch is where you stitch two or three stitches back and then start sewing forward or you sew forward and then back and then forward again. Um, at the beginning and end of your seam, it just locks it in place. A lock stitch is something that newer machines have and it's basically the stitch, the, the needle stitches up and down a couple of times, does the same thing, locks it in place. Um, usually there'll be a button or a lever or, um, usually it's a button or a lever of some sort that will make your machine stitch backwards. Um, sometimes you'll have the lock stitch. Often you just press that and then you press down on the pedal and it does the lock stitch for you. But just make sure you know how to do that because that's going to make sure that your seams are stable. And that's really what you need to look up in your manual. Um, Before I go any further, I want to make a couple of suggestions. If, for some reason, you don't have your manual, if you've inherited your machine from somebody else or you bought it at a thrift store or something and it came without a manual, look online because Mm -hmm. many, many, many manuals are available as PDFs online and they're usually free. Um, So try to find it. Look at your machine. It usually should have the model number on it and then Google that and see if you can figure out what the manual is. If you can't. I did that. I did that with my first machine. Um, it was like 
I think it was an old singer from the early 80s. And I had been using the machine for like 10 years before I realized I probably needed the manual. (laughs) But it was so easy to find. It was really easy to find. And then you just have it on your computer whenever you need it. Yeah. And actually, I recommend even if you do have your manual, go find the the PDF and download it to your computer. And then you always know where it is and you can usually search it. Yeah. Yeah. If for some reason you can't find your manual, which I think is likely the older your machine is, the less likely it is that you can find your manual, then I'm going to recommend YouTube videos. Try to find a YouTube Mm -hmm. video. Most machines thread the same way. It's pretty rare to find a machine that doesn't thread in a pretty standard way. So even if you can't find your exact machine, if you can find a similar one, the same brand. Mm -hmm. At um, least the same brand, yeah. Yeah, the same brand or like a similar year, you can probably figure it out. Um, So yeah, those are my suggestions if you can't find your manual. So once you have an idea how to thread your machine and um, you've put your bobbin in, you've got all that figured out, I think you should just take some fabric and sew some stitches. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get the feel for the machine, see how it moves, put your fabric under there, put down your presser foot, press on the, um, on the foot pedal and do it gently and see what happens and get a feel for the speed, how it reacts to your foot pressing, um, your, uh, get a feel for how the feed dogs pull the fabric through the machine, how much effort you need to do to, to, uh, steer it through straight um, some machines do kind of pull off to one side a little bit. Um, so yeah, just just get a feel for it. Um, don't you guys think? Absolutely. You know, I had a thought. Um, I know we're going to get into this, but I I just can't help myself. Um, <laughs> for like a beginner project, just as a starting place, that would be so perfect right now is sewing some, um, just sewing a simple um, box around two pieces of fabric right sides together, leave a little opening, turn it and put some lavender rice inside and <gasps> and then just slip stitch it closed. And because, I mean, I feel like that's like the perfect relaxation project right now. Yeah. yeah. I need one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, need and then you can, you can smell it or you can heat it up a little bit. Uh, totally. Put it And on then the it's time. like, because I think it's so important in the beginning. I mean, it's definitely important to start simple, but... Yeah, how it, I think if you can if you can use it and it resembles something right away, chances uh-huh. are you're going to want to come back and do more. Right, and that and that Amanda kind of jumped on my next step. But yeah, after sorry. you practice, if no, it's fine. I love it. <laughs> after you practice a couple, um, after you practice a couple seams, make sure you're comfortable sewing. Then make something simple, like Amanda said. Uh-huh. Do a do a square and and stuff it with lavender rice or. Yeah. Um, or I don't know something, um, and just make sure to then you put that in like an uh, like a drawer or something, and not directly in your underpants like I did when I was little, and I got one of those for Christmas. <laughs> oh, you put it in the yes. in your underpants while you're yep. wearing them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, Easy. okay. I feel like that's really efficient. Isn't okay. that? F- oh my! I remember my mom was like, "What are you?" doing and I was like you told me and she goes it goes in the drawer to make the drawer and I was wearing (laughs) oh that's just oh whenever I hear a story about like those little scented pockets I I just always remember of me just walking around with it 
<laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to think about lavender sachets without thinking about that story. Yep. <laughs> so thanks, I think. Oh, thanks. hopefully I brought a lot. I love it. But, and also just going, um, what I, I remember when I first started sewing and I can link, I've created some of these templates that you can download it, print. But before I even threaded my machine and everything, there's paper paths that you can sew and practice without threading it. You just have your needle in there and then oh, nothing's threaded and you just sew in the paper. So you can see where you're going and you can pivot and mm-hmm. I have a circular one to just then you can figure out backstitch and everything and then you can thread it, get a feel. So I'll, I'll attach some of those in the show notes, those PDFs that you can download their sewing practice stitches. Oh, that I is fantastic. That. Mm-hmm. I love that. And yeah. So, so a little yeah. story and a tip there for you. <laughs> <laughs> One-step shopping for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, start with start with something simple, something that's mostly straight lines. You can do larger pillows as well or um, pillowcases. You can find tutorials for those online. They're pretty easy. And then once you have that done and you've created something and it was successful and you feel awesome about yourself, then it's time to jump into some more complicated stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And we are going to talk about some great patterns for doing that um, in just a second. So we all got our start somewhere. I think as a beginner, when you're looking to tackle your first garment project, it can be really overwhelming. You don't really know what you're looking for. Um, You don't really know what you can do when you're just getting started. So in addition to covering tools in this episode, as well as some basic machine know-how, we wanted to supply you with some really awesome starting places. Um, First question for you guys, do you remember the first thing you sewed from a pattern? I think the first garment I sewed was a vest. Um, I think the first thing I sewed was a was a pillow with uh, it was a decorative pillow. It looked like a ice cream soda, so it had um, cute. Yes, it was super cute. It had all these different felt layers that I blanket stitched on. Uh, yeah, but the first. What about you, Meg? I when I was learning uh, in um, my classes when I was little, I think the first actual garment I sewed was like a like a one shoulder like little top type thing that I wore. Yeah. It was just like a very um what's the one in the Flintstones? She always wears that that one shoulder. Is that yeah that's Wilma. That? I don't know if it's Betty. Is that Betty or no or it's Wilma. um Wilma. It's a very Wilma. it was like a Wilma esque uh top. Yeah Betty has like the um Betty has top. like the halter. Yes yeah. exactly. Get my Flintstones straight. All right. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah I remember that. And I made a bunch of them because I was it was so easy to do and I think I made like 10 more because I think I was just so excited about the idea that I could make a top. That was your first TNT right there. Yeah, that was my first TNT, guys. Oh my Aww. gosh. I, I think I was probably about 15 when I sewed my first dress from a pattern and it was a really basic kind of maxi dress, not fitted at all. Um, but I had, you know, sat with my mom quite a bit and watched her use patterns. So I kind of knew what I was doing, but I definitely had a big sense of, of accomplishment. Um, I think a couple of tips when you are just getting started, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to dive into big four versus indie patterns, but I feel like for the purposes of this conversation, 
use what you have, use what yeah. you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you you may have some big four patterns that you picked up that you've been waiting to sew. Um, if you if you don't and you want to try an indie pattern, now's a good time. You can download that, print it at home, and tile it together just on regular printer paper and get started kind yeah. of immediately. Love that instant gratification. Um, but I think and and I I think you leave it leave it to you to decide which one you like better. Um, I do feel like on the whole indie patterns have a few, they have more illustrations. Um, the instructions are a little bit more in depth. Um, and that's just been my experience, but either way, just jump in. Yeah. I definitely feel like indie patterns tend to assume that you're a lower level sewer Mm -hmm. lowest than, um, big four patterns do. I feel like um, big four patterns assume a certain level of knowledge that can mm-hmm. be a little uh, intimidating at times, um, and I feel like I feel like the indie tends to be a much simpler for a beginner. That right, In, indie patterns will often tell you what level of difficulty they mm-hmm. they are. Um, big four patterns the same, and big four also has you know whole collections that are labeled easy, e- easy yeah. sew, quick, quick. sew. Um, two things of that nature. Yeah, right. But um, <laughs> but so so you can really you can look for those clues as you're as you, if you're in the store if you're online looking around, and I'd say really um, a good starting place is to read the instructions through a few times. Yeah, I but just to orient yourself to you know you're not you're going to read through a couple times you're not going to remember every little step but I think to kind of give yourself a big picture overview mm-hmm. of how the pattern comes together and you can kind of just start to visualize it because I think that's one of the hardest parts especially with garment sewing is visualizing how pieces that are wrong side together are going to turn and everything's going to work out and so I, I really think um, whatever wherever you start get oriented first because um, that will that will kind of get you oriented the, to the process and you'll kind of you'll you'll have that big picture understanding before you really get into the steps um, so yeah with with that um, let's start with beginner friendly woven patterns um, I think that's that's a determination you'll need to make and you know in this moment it might be based on what you have at home um some fabric that you can repurpose into something else old sheets that you could use to make yeah. just a practice version um woven patterns are are great for a number of reasons um and a lot of people start there um because the fabric doesn't tend to move while you cut it or while you sew it. Um, so from a from a manipulating a fabric in your sewing machine, I feel like wovens are pretty beginner friendly. Um, when you're, I think when you're starting um, wovens, you know, there's a little bit more fitting involved with woven patterns because they're not going to stretch around your body. So look for something that has a really basic fit um, has easy neckline finishes mm-hmm. and easy yeah. sleeve installation because those oh. are all those things are going to make th- those are the difficulty levels right there. Right. Yeah. Um, if you, if you avoid, go for, yeah, a set in sleeve. Yeah. No. No. Dolm, <laughs> Even sleeve, I avoid set in sleeve. Same. Same. <laughs> They're not fun. Um, so yeah. Um, we will be putting all of these on our show notes page on sodaily.com. Um, so you can reference them there. Um, 
You guys know I have a whole category dedicated to elastic waist pants. <sighs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, because they're my favorite. They're basically um, pajama bottoms, but you yeah. can wear them out because they're not technically called pajamas. Um, my favorites, Nini Kulats by Named, Free Range Slacks by So House 7, Fremantle Pants by LB Textiles, and Luna Pants by Made by Ray. Um, these are going to be, they're, they're not tight fitting around your leg. You The waist is fairly easy to construct. You're just inserting elastic, elastic through a casing, and that's really the biggest fit uh-huh. moment. But you'll you'll get a you know, a big project that you can be proud of. Um, you, you'll learn a lot of things. If you, if you make pants, you'll learn how to make pockets. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like it's, it's kind of a good, um, it's a good first project, essentially pajamas. Yeah. But you can wear them out Yes, or wear them while you stay at home and be comfortable. Yes, exactly. I need some, I need some without the, uh, ankle ankle elastic all I'm realizing most of my sweatpants are and I'm just I'm just feeling so constricted I just I'm I'm definitely going to check out all of these and make some and I I will throw my weight behind the nini culottes I am a big fan of my nini oh really yes Ooh, okay yes for sure when we had some um warm weather a few weeks ago right before all the drama hit I'm Mm -hmm. wearing my nini culottes Several. Nice. I'm wearing one of my seven pairs right now, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what what fabric do you sew? Uh, can you sew them in? Is it? It's it's a woven, right? No, it's, it's, it's actually a knit. Uh, pattern. Yeah. But oh, okay. Um, I have to say, I like it better in. I have I have one in each, and I like it better in woven. Oh, okay. So they it is interchangeable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. They're they're very loose fitting. Um, and yeah, you don't even have to make any adjustments. You just make it in woven. Oh. That's just fine. Just looking um, back at my fabric, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, can I, what can I do? I have some double gauze. Could I do double oh, yeah. gauze? Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, done and done. That's not going to do that. <laughs> um, speaking of, while you're at home, relaxing, maybe feeling fabulous, maybe, or just you know, being at home. Um, I really like a, a robe project as a oh, certain yeah. place too. You don't have to worry about fitting. Mm-hmm. You'll learn a lot of techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of good ones out there by Indie Designers. The Suki Robe by Helen's Closet mm. and the Kochi Jacket by Paper Cut Patterns are two that um, really, you know, you'll you'll have a nice kind of fabulous project at the end. And it's really the shapes are very basic. There's not going to be a lot of curves that you have to sew mm-hmm. around. And even um, if you so, do have to put in a sleeve, it's probably just a rectangle into a rectangle. So it doesn't exactly. have the implications of a full exactly. set on sleeve. Yeah. And no zippers, no buttons. No. Exactly. There's a tie. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of tops. Kate, I know you have a few favorites. I do. And I, um, so I, uh, one of my favorite tops that I added to this list is the Willow Top and Dress by Greenline Studio. It's either a cute little tank top or a cute little tank dress. Uh, very easy. It's got two basic darts. So you can uh, learn some dart, um, some dart work there. And then after that, it's really just binding your edges and it's, it's super basic. It's super easy. It goes really fast and it's a really cute shirt when you're done. So, um, and this one, along with many of them, I think do have mm-hmm. a blog version of a sew along that you can find. Yeah. 
A lot of indie patterns do that. They have lots of content, not even within, there's the instructions as well, but then there's also this whole other um, online aspect to indie Right. um, So you can go on the blog Mm -hmm. and you can see um, step by step as they go through the process of making it. And yeah, yeah, then they'll go into hacks and stuff. So um, that one's really great. Highly recommended. Also, the Antero shelf from So News, which is actually a pattern Amanda designed. Um, is a really great basic, uh, it, it has a sort of a longish, uh, shoulder seam. So it has a hint of a sleeve without actually having a sleeve, um, Mm -hmm. really easy to make. Um, it has a really basic facing, so you can learn that technique, um, without it being particularly complicated Uh and makes cute little shell with a V-neck in the end. So, um, I like that one a lot and I use it myself. Yeah, yeah, that one uses so little fabric too. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I I have seventy two of them. Not really. <laughs> I was actually going to add that one, and then I saw it already added. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a good one. I mean, I I'm totally biased. Um, <laughs> I I think if you know a lot of people start sewing because they want to sew dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it might have. Um, I mean, I think that's definitely where I started. Um, and it, some of that might have changed. Um, but if you're looking for a, a basic dress to sew, um, I would I would definitely steer towards a tank dress, nothing fitted, a simple shift dress style that just barely skims yeah. the body. Again, be kind of mindful of the sleeve type. Um, but I think that's a really good place to start if you are um, if you're looking for a dress. Um, and also just to kind of shout out, I, I've had people on Instagram ask me about beginner friendly patterns and, um, 100 acts of sewing is a really good place to start for super basic silhouettes. There's, um, a variety of bottoms and tops. Many of them work for knits and wovens. Um, but those, I just, I, I feel like, that's a that's a good starting place for people too. And so. uh, and what is that? Is that a a blog, a book? A- it's a brand. One hundred acts of sewing. Yep. Um, pretty easy to find. A lot of the indie craft stores stock those patterns, and I believe they're also downloadable um, from uh, online. So you can you can they're really accessible. Cool. Um, I wanted to jump over to beginner friendly knit patterns. Um. Knits were something that I took a long time to get started with because I just thought they were super hard to sew with. Um, and they definitely get a bad rap. Um, mm-hmm. But there's, I think there's actually just as many reasons to consider starting with a knit. Um, oh, yeah. They're very, they're very fit friendly. Um, you don't need a serger. If, if what you have is a conventional sewing machine, you can totally sew knits well. Um, when you're looking for a basic pattern to start with, um, you want to look for something with the fewest amount of seam lines. Just cut yourself some slack. Go really basic. Maybe do something that isn't quite as fitted, um, a silhouette. Um, really, the hardest thing and the thing that you will learn as you sew more and more knits is kind of is figuring out the fabric part of it, mm-hmm. um, figuring out the stretch amount, figuring out how different blends um, behave and which ones you like and which ones you don't like. And that is kind of a learning process you just have to go through. I mean, that was my experience anyway. How about you guys? Yeah, I think even now, occasionally, I'll pick up a knit and I'll be like, I think I know what's going to happen and I won't know what's going to happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it's I've been surprised before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because really, it, it depends on so many factors when it comes to knit. But um, there are some pretty reliable versions of knits. I'd say for a beginner, um, finding a knit that's mostly cotton and just a little bit of spandex, usually mm. uh, seven, five to seven percent spandex. Those tend to be very reliable. They're not too hard to sew. They're pretty stable. Um, they don't give you a lot of problems. So I would look for something like that, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think the first knit project I sewed, I was um, little and still doing uh, my dance classes. I made a pair of like gymnastics, like bicycle shorts. And I didn't realize that you had to put like elastic in the waistbands. When I wore them to dance class, they would just keep <laughs> falling, fall Because I just turned over the the top edge, right? I didn't realize that I had to elastic. Right. <laughs> and just, yeah, so they were just kept, you know, doing the hike up. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> well, that is funny. My my first um, knit pattern was actually the Penny Raglan by Grainline Studio, and um, that was like literally only a few years ago. Um, <laughs> but funny story, I was doing the um, neckband installation, and I looked at it, and I was like, "There's no way this neckband is going to fit into this." Neck. Oh, and of course, it was smaller oh, because yeah. it's a knit. Yeah. So I made it bigger, and of course, the shirt. The shirt's kind of. Um, kind of a looser silhouette so it kind of hangs <laughs> off one shoulder and I look like a dancer when I wear it and I'm <laughs> totally down with that but um but I I learned after that oh it's supposed to be shorter yep, for a exactly. reason but when you work with wovens that's you know that's, super that, that's, that's a red flag yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> if, a woven, if a woven neckband isn't the same size as the as the no. thing that you're putting it on as the neck um it's a problem whereas if it's on knits that's planned that's what you want. Yeah. So it kind of cinches in that neckline a little bit. Yep. Um, couple of favorites real quickly. The Lubox Top by Sew DIY was another one of my early knit patterns that I made. And that one's actually, um, it's literally like a front and a back. And it, you can do it with wovens or knits. And it's just really good basic pattern that is quick to sew up. The Lane Raglan by Hey June Handmade is another favorite. Raglan is just a different kind of sleeve style. And Kate, I know you like this one. I do like this one. Um, a Raglan sleeve is the one that has kind of a diagonal sleeve that runs up below your shoulder line and then comes into the neckline, sort of like a baseball shirt. Um, this yep. is a great pattern because it has a whole bunch of options. You can It has like three or four different sleeve options. You can do a little um, hole for your thumb to make it kind of really extra cozy. Um, It might have a hood. I can't remember. Um, But yeah, it's got all sorts of different, um, all sorts of different um, styles and things that you can switch out and do with it to make it look different. So it's really like getting a whole bunch of patterns in one, honestly. Absolutely. And just a little plug. I feel like um, Hey June Handmade has a lot of patterns that are great for knits. So if you wanted to try out a couple of different styles, you you could think about starting there. Um, the Linden Sweatshirt by Grainline Studio is also a favorite of mine. Again, it's got that sweatshirt raglan sleeve. Um, and then also leggings. They're so yeah. expensive and so easy to sew. And oh, we they are actually, shockingly easy to sew. Oh, and we so have easy. we have a we have a pattern that I kind of love. I love it too. The, um, the Loveland leggings. And we um, we actually, we produced a video so along for that one. So if if leggings are the thing that's going to get you excited and get yeah. you sewing, then 
pick that up, watch the video. We'll we'll talk you through um, the steps. And and I will say we we do have quite a few video sew alongs, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I really I feel like it's um it's a nice alternative to just to kind of a a, a standard course, a little mm-hmm. bit more informal. Go at your own pace. Yeah. Um, hopefully there's some tidbits thrown in that will apply to the project you're working on and other projects that you're working on. Um, and and also um, I love the tip about looking looking for a pattern, seeing if there's a blog-based sew-along to support it. Mm-hmm. Um, to really, you know, the idea is to set yourself up for success when you are starting with 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 sewing garments you you want to you want to make the, the first thing and feel accomplished whether it fits or not it will look like a shirt or a pair of pants right. yeah um so you want to do it again that's that's the whole exactly. idea exactly yeah mm-hmm. and i i just want to also give some skirt love because that's another oh, yeah. great first garment to make it a skirt um even like not even having a pattern, so many skirts that I first made are just make sure you cut a rectangle that's, exactly. you know, at least a, a two inches wider than your hip so you can pull it on. The top of it, just flip it down, sew around most of it, leave a little gap, thread an elastic through, pull it, st- you're done. Like just a rectangle that's just, the key is just making sure it's like wider than your hips. Um, some people will think that you just need to make it like your waist size but you actually need to pull it on. So, but just, yeah, skirts. I know Berta has a ton of great a-line skirts they have they're really easy to fit because you just have to fit the waist they're usually just um like a slight circle or an a-line they're really pretty they look awesome and they're they're super easy with just a like a rectangle waistband so a skirt is a really good uh, first project as well if you're if you really like to wear skirts so yeah yeah and then also i have a um a course as well. If you really love like getting into sewing, I have a course called Intro to Garment Sewing Dresses and Tops. So maybe you've made a couple Ooh. skirts and stuff. Maybe you're kind of familiar with your machine. I have, I uh, just wanted to mention, I have that course. I can guide you through my, kind of making your first uh, dress and a uh, blouse. So yeah, just wanted to plug that in. I love that. And then when you're ready for your next round of Sewing inspiration when you're ready for a challenge, come on back. We've got recommendations for oh, that yeah. too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We've got we got episodes for for, for days. lots of things. Yeah, yes. for days. Episodes for days. <laughs> episodes for days. So yeah, we just as a reminder, we'll put all links to all of these yeah. patterns and to some additional um, blog posts on sodaily.com that can kind of help you get started, get oriented, and we'll link those in the show notes for you. Um, yeah, and we also um, we have a fun challenge happening yeah. right now. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. This is the sew your roll challenge, where you use a dice or a random number generator to decide what your project is going to be. So, if that sounds exciting to you, head on over to our Instagram feed at Sew and Tell Pod to learn all of the details. Mm-hmm. I've been loving seeing people already roll and everyone's combinations in the comments. Like it's it's awesome. I just it, I'm so excited to see like once the projects start rolling in. If you want to participate, this I is know. so cool. I I'm excited. And you can see people kind it. of splitting off into the different the different styles. Like some people yeah. are like I like Kate. I like the bright clear colors. And other people, yeah. Are like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe I got purple. I'm like Amanda. I only sew neutrals. And 
Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. me too. It's fun. <laughs> I think I finally figured out what I'm going to make. I'm really Ooh. excited about it. Oh, I uh, I know what I'm going to make too, and I've got some fabric on the way. Um, nice. So we'll see um, when that actually happens. Yeah. I'm digging through my stash to find that neutral green. I think I, I got to <laughs> have it somewhere. <laughs> I definitely have it in my Good excuse to go to the bottom of the bottom of the bins, you know, <laughs> that third bin down. It's hasn't seen light in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So well, funny. since well, this is a bonus episode, we're yeah. actually going to skip our sojo and our so and tell this time because those are regular episode things that we do. Um, so we're pretty much done with this particular episode. Uh, thank you very much for joining you, for joining us. Wow. <laughs> Y'all, I have a quarantine brain or something. Social distancing, you guys. Yes, my brain is social distancing from my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) I think think that's allowed at this point. Yeah, that's definitely allowed. But yeah, that was super fun. I hope hope we've, you know, got you inspired, got you a starting Uh place and that you'll give it a go. Yeah. And if you're a regular listener who sat through all of this information that you probably didn't need, but you know somebody who might be interested in this information, pass it on to them and see if we can uh, help get them a little inspired. I love it. Great idea. Thank you. Yeah. So until next time. All right. Bye, Bye everybody. Happy stitching. Bye. Happy Bye. stitching and stay home. Stay home. Stay safe. <laughs> For links to everything we talked about in this episode, go to our show notes page at sodaily.com slash sewandtell. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at sewandtellpodcast at goldenpeakmedia.com or visit us on Instagram at sewandtellpod. Answer the sewandtell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us too. Thanks for listening and happy stitching. Sew and Tell is produced by Meg Keeley, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Seinard. Our consulting producer is Ron Doyle, and our executive producer is Jared Mayer. 